Hello, and welcome to the Comics Pals Book Club. This month, I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm here with uh, Marco. Hello. Sean. Hello, hello. And Kale. What's up, Bronto Dogs? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Good job. We're going to start the wordplay early, huh? Uh, there's definitely a lot in, in the book that we're, we're talking about. So, yeah, guys, we're, we're, we're taking a little little trip. trip. Down. I was going to say memory lane, but we're not. none of us besides Kale are that old. Um, so <laughs> Back to his anyway. youth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kale, this is like going back home for you, this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to the past, and we're going to be checking out uh, the 2016 limited series, The Flintstones, uh, by writer Mark Russell, art by Steve Pugh, uh, colors by Chish... Chris Chuckery and Dave Sharp on letters. Uh, this is a 2016 book that came out uh, along with uh, a couple of the other Hanna Barbera books at the time. Other uh, ones I can think of, there was like a zombie Scooby Doo book that was out. Um, it had like Jim Lee covers that was wacky. Uh, Mark oh, Russell yeah, did yeah. another uh, Snagglepuss book as well um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, maybe that'll be a, a patron pick as well. But but you patrons, you picked this one. You guys wanted to hear us talk. About the Flintstones, and we will. So I usually like to start these these things off with. Uh, have you guys read this before, or is this a first time read for you? I thought you were going to say you like to start these off with plugs, but uh, you know, um, Sean, if you want to, you want to be the Barney to my Fred, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So uh, of course we're the Comics Pals. Thank you guys for watching. If you want to listen to our main show live, that's every single. Uh, Saturday at 10.15 a.m. on Twitch and YouTube. There we talk about the ins and outs of the comics industry. We talk about the movies. We talk about the news updates and stuff like that. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Polls, where we review comics weekly. Uh, Marvel, DC, take your pick. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash thecomicspals. We're on the road to 1,000, so help us out with that. Uh, Kel, do a backflip if we get that far, so that'll be pretty cool. I'm Sorry. How 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 limber are you? Um, I would say Stretchosaurus. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, for everything else, you guys know what to do. The com- at the Comics Pals everywhere. patreoncom slash pals. Thank you so much. Back to you, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. And the patrons, uh, they get to vote on this on this stuff. So uh, you get to not pick Swamp Thing uh, if you want. Um, Again. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> was it close this time, Sean? It was, no. wasn't it? No. no. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was a tie. There was a tie. Yeah, the tie got broken. Okay. Um, Wrong direction. Sorry, I had to pick up my... Uh, this is my saber-toothed tiger here. Wrong kind uh, of tar pit. Should have gone with mine. Um, yeah, so have you guys read The Flintstones before? Um, I have. This is probably my third time reading it. Okay. I've reread it in the past, and... Um, Man, it just it 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 always hits, and I think it there's always something new to appreciate every time that you do read it. So um, I continue to get more out of this on this reread, and um, yeah, I always have fun with it. I want to make an addendum too to that question. Like, have you guys read this? And also, do you guys have any familiarity with The Simpsons previous to this? The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons. Sorry, yeah. I mean the Flintstones, which who have a, sim- uh, a familiarity with the with with the the Simpsons. Um, yeah, did you guys, or was that something you watched growing up, or? Yep, same. Uh, 
would watch it. The, I, I prefer the Jetsons. Same. Um, and, Same. But but I think I related more to the Flintstones somehow. And uh, like as as a kid, I enjoyed it more. But I liked the idea of it more. And uh, I've seen older episodes because the HBO ha- has the like the old Hanna Barbera stuff. You can watch mm-hmm. like cartoons and whatnot. So I, I've gone back to see a few, and uh, all right. I'll, I'll let that slide. Uh, <laughs> Sean. I love the Flintstones. The Flintstones are go. amazing. Yeah. Um, they're so cool. I always loved them when I was a kid. Um, I loved the fact that they had, you know, the little kids on the show too, Pebbles and Bam Bam. I thought that was great. That was the mm. very first ship I ever did, you know? Um. Uh, yeah, noted, noted I, I've, slash, I've watched Slash sorry? fan Sean Bartley. Yeah. <laughs> I have watched a lot, a lot, a lot of Flintstones in my lifetime. So seeing them in comic form was actually a, a real treat. Like regardless of whether the book was good or not, just literally seeing them in the book, just cool. And Fred Flintstone's a big you know, muscular guy, which he would have to be. You would think everybody would be. Um, they just look great. They look great. Um, I never read this before now. So it was great to go back and see the Flintstones again. It's been many years. I was really pleased with that. And uh, Kale. Uh This was my first time reading it. Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> I did watch the Flintstones. I watched a lot of the Flintstones. Um... I don't like the Flintstones. <gasps> At all? Um, like point as, blank? As uh, mostly, yeah. What? I think they're fine. Hmm. Um, as a kid, I I mostly thought that the show was kind of boring. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and uh, so I think a lot of that carried over into this, and it's probably why I avoided it in the first place. I don't particularly care for the Flintstones. That's fair. So for me, I um, I read this and I reviewed it actually back when when I was doing the long box uh, weekly at this point. Whoa! Um, uh, when it was coming out, and I loved this. Oh, um, really? I was always a big Hanna Barbera kid growing up. Like I loved everything from like the Flintstones, yeah, but I was also like into like Squidly Diddly, Jabberjaw, you know, <laughs> Laugh Olympics. Like I was getting into like. The deep cut secret score. Can I, can I throw one out there real quick? Because yeah, yeah. I feel like no one but me has watched this. Wacky Racers. Oh, oh hell on. yeah, Wacky that, Racers. Yeah, absolutely. That that oh, yeah. show was phenomenal. I love that. Penelope Pit Stop, Dick Dastardly. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. So I I love that stuff. My my grandma would have a back when like. Do you guys remember when like basic cable started going into like the hundred channels? And you can get oh, like yeah. boomerang and stuff. So my yeah. grandma got boomerang and like, yo, I was like, yo, I need to go over to grandma's house, watch me some Scooby Doo and Flintstones, you know. Um, so you that guys was know really that my thing. Boomerang, boomerang now is past the point of like the stuff we watched on yeah, Cartoon like Network. Dexter's Lab. Yeah, it's past weird. that. Wait, it's oh, it's like it's like uh, uh, was it imaginary House of Imaginary Friends or whatever that was, that kind of stuff. Probably, I it's think gotta, they're doing their own stuff now. It's got to be in like the two thousand six, two thousand eight ish range. No yeah. way! Wow, yeah, that's like fucked. The, like the dead zone after we stopped watching. 
is where they're at. The dead zone. (laughs) Camp Laszlo. I think that's that's where I started. Oh, I love Camp Laszlo. You're you're the youngest out of us, Marco. This is Mm -hmm. that is to be understood. Something totally awesome island. What the fuck it's called? Uh, Total Drama Island. Yeah, Eh, that's it. All right, we can we, we can list these off constantly. You know, I can talk to you about uh, Quick Draw McGraw easily, um, but let's not. Let's talk about this book. Um, so this book was uh, it came out of nowhere for me in multiple ways. Um, a, it was one of the launch Hanna Barbera books. So like this this initiative at the time was wild to me. It was like, yo, what are, what are they doing? I know. DC is owned by Warner, and Warner has the rights to all these books. It makes sense in terms of, like, yes, they can do it. Um, why? Why are they doing it? Um, so that was a big deal. Uh, Mark Russell I wasn't too familiar with. I think prior to this, he had written Prez for DC, which is one of their... Yeah, yeah, the Young Animal stuff, I think. Uh, it was no, before it was that. DCU. It, it, it felt it? like, yeah, it was DCU. Yep. Yeah, I think it was right around when uh, Black Canary came out as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, but I never really picked up Prez, you know, no offense to Mark Russell. Uh, Prez was not a property that was uh, a draw for me at the time. I've read it since, yeah. and it's very good. Um, but yeah, so Mark Russell came out of nowhere. Steve Pugh was the guy I knew from Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. So I'm thinking. That's oh, right. Okay. I'm thinking wow. this is going to be some dark, gritty horror shit. Yeah. Um, and it looks wildly different. Hmm. Um. But but you can also see like oh yeah I can see how this is the same guy so Steve Pugh was like all right this is a name for me, um, and I went into it and I was blown away from the start. Um, the thing for me and and the thing that 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 Flintstones should be, um, Flintstones was as a TV show, uh, kind of a play on the honeymooners. It was not a kids show. It was a sitcom. Yeah. Um, it was meant for adults. So how do you do a modern interpretation of that? using the comic book medium well then you make it just a modern interpretation of life really um through the lens of that so the 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 one that the thing that jumped out to me even on this reread and i've done it multiple times um was they come right out of the gate with the humor um this book made me laugh out loud multiple times Mm. um and i'm thinking of that that first splash page uh where it's just bedrock we see bedrock and all the different places in it that are just puns. Yeah. Um, I want to throw out to you guys, like, did you have a favorite pun in this? Because this is a very pun-heavy book. But, you know, so was Flintstones. So, A favorite pun. Oh, boy. There's a there's, lot. There's a ton in this. But that, that, that opening splash page has some pretty damn good ones. It, like, I, I can yeah. throw one out there. Um, I really like the, the Pleistocene. Yep. yep. That was really good. Plato's Caves, funny to me. Tar Pit's a decent one. Yeah, I think like that's target, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's a ton of it in this. I um, I have one that that I laughed I laughed out loud at, which was um Adam and Steve. Yes. Oh, like, yep. Yeah. Yep. That was really funny. Well, I, actually, that's kind of what I wanted to get at. Like, this book is, in my opinion, hilarious. Um, there are some. Uh, there are some. I mean. I'll be honest. The marriage hit issue hit me hit me uh, in, in the funny bone a little more uh, this, this <laughs> read around. Um, but six years later, yeah, the, this book um, it is rare for me in reading comics to have guttural reactions to stuff that sounds depressing. But like I'm never like oh I'm so sad or oh man this is 
the coolest shit in the world. Like I read it and it's fun. It's it's kind of base level fun for me. Mm-hmm. I was cackling at this, which is rare for me. Um, did you guys did you guys find it funny? I'm kind of, I'm curious. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I'd... It's yeah. I, I I found it funny. Um, I don't think I was like, you know, roaring laughing. I think I found it more interesting. Um, and I, I really loved that it had things to say. Um, and it was using these characters, um, as a, as a vehicle to tell these interesting stories about real things that affect us. Um, and it's funny how them going through certain things, you know, it looks so stupid, right? Like their, (laughs) their big issue is that marriage is brand new. So everybody's freaking out about it. Like, oh my God, you know, and we read that and we're like, wow, that's dumb. Why would anybody think of marriage that way? And then you go, oh, right. Marriage was new at some point. Mm. And it was weird at some point. The same way, like, whatever you want to point to now might be considered, quote unquote, weird to someone. It's not different. It's just the new the new weird thing. So I think I found it more that than, like, outright funny. Like, I'm get, I'm cackling, laughing, like you said. There were, there were uh, quick bits for me. Um, I just pulled one up from the first issue where... Fred gets back home. Uh, Wilma's looking through their old pictures. He's like, why do we ever agree to do a traditional wedding? And then the next panel over, you were worth every goat. And then they change topic, right? It's just like a quick one-liner, like good delivery. Uh, for me, that those are the moments that remind me of the TV show a lot and are the break in between the commentary that Sean's coming out, uh, calling out where mm-hmm. like, we get to those topics through some of those, com- like some of, through some of those comedy bits, through the pacing and, um, it's a good it's a good balance because I don't think there are any uh, I don't think there are any low moments in like energy for this book. I think if you're not having an enjoyable time reading through some wacky environment, you're like being presented with a thought and you kind of have to sit with it. And I really appreciate how well the the book is able to switch between both in like, like uh, panels, you know. I. I didn't find this funny. And I think some of that probably has to do with how exhausting I find the Flintstones and their constant (sighs) puns. And it's just, it's so much all the time. We get it. You're in the dinosaur time. (laughs) Fucking let's go. So much all the time describes me. So that's probably why I like this book. (laughs) Um, uh, what, one thing I, I think is really interesting is, is you, you know, you said you were doing this, uh, monthly and you were picking it up yeah. monthly and you were reviewing it for, for the long box. Um, I could definitely see how this would hit very well. Monthly. That's actually a great segue, Cal, because I actually wanted to tackle uh, that. Um, Cause I, I did not have a good time reading the whole thing at once. <laughs> <laughs> So the formatting of it is that there's two major parts of formatting here. Um, One is that uh, each issue is essentially a standalone. Sure, we Mm -hmm. can kind of get some dynamics. There is one kind of overarching, you know, multi-issue story with the appliances that's kind of in the background for most of the the limited series. Um, But it is very episodic, much like the Flintstones would have been. which I think is, is, is great, A, because that's how the Flintstones was, and B, um, 
<laughs> the way comic books are, and you don't know when you're at your end is going to be sometimes. And like this book could have left at any point and would have been a fine ending. Um, but uh, the way that it tackles each issue is by essentially tackling a theme. There is the marriage issue, which is like halfway through the book. There is uh, an election issue, which I think came out exactly when the 2016 election was happening. Um, there was a religion issue. There's a science issue. There's a war issue. Um, and it really tackles these things honestly, um, but is really it. But it's through the lens of the Flintstone, so it's automatically goofy in ways. Um, Kale, is, is it? Did it feel like binging a show in some way? And it's just like, all right, I got to get through another one. I got to get through another one in terms of the formatting for you that you didn't care much for. I think it was, I think it was a combination of, you know, my already sour disposition, but <laughs> as much, you know, uh, it was also, I think just the, it's a bleak outlook, you know? And I, I, I think Russell does try to leave you with some hope toward the end, mm. you know, uh, maybe even at the end of each issue, sometimes not. Um, but I just, I just found it just a, 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 a bleak slog issue to issue and Ooh. story to story. Interesting. I, I like. I, I was not having a good time. That's what, <laughs> oh, no. to, to be honest. I I texted you to see how how much we had to read because I think I was on like issue eight. It's like I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> Wait, there were eight issues here. No, twelve. No, there were twelve. There were twelve yeah. issues here. Yeah, thirteen if you read the booster gold thing. I didn't realize that that was a thing. No. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about volume one then, Sean. Um. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was just one volume. I no, genuinely did. There, there's two. There's. It is weird in the way it's collected. I don't know how if volume two is in print anymore, but oh. the deluxe is in print by itself, which is. I had dark. no idea. I'm so sorry. I well, thought there's it was more to read volume. then, Sean. Good for you. Sure. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the first half is stronger than the second half. Oh, oh I disagree. Okay, I, I oh, want to get to like what your favorite issues are in a bit. Okay, but like uh, you, you brought up that you feel like this is uh, the way Mark Russell writes these characters in this world is bleak, and I think it's the opposite. I agree. Um, and maybe maybe we're gonna. We're, I I feel like when we talk about this book, we're gonna get into discussions on just the way uh, we perceive the world, um, because that's what the book is. Um, but I feel like it is honest in a way that is refreshing. Um, and I think mm. fun in a way, like, but it's not hopeful. No, but I'm not hopeful. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I think that's what Kale's point is. Sure. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as refreshing, I guess. Like I, it's a, it's an honest look for sure. But I mean, I can look out the window and see all this garbage. Sure. Like I don't, you know. It's not escapism. I don't. I don't, that I don't need a a funny guy in a blue tie to, you know, in my in my in my silly books. Hmm. It, it. I think it leaves you with hope more often than it doesn't. But I agree that the way it's presented, and I think it's they. I think that's why they ran with Steve Pugh is because it's so realistic. And yes, it's translated through like, you know, 
through time, right? Because whatever, the shell phone is the cell phone, et cetera. But um, the problems are still those of modernity. And um, the as much as that is bleak because we're still experiencing it and it feels like nothing has changed, I think the hopeful messages that he does leave are glimpses of, well, we're we headed in the right direction and we will continue to head in the right direction. And I think to your point, Tyler, that's just my perspective on the mm -hmm. fucking world, right? Is well, he leaves us enough of a bread, like enough breadcrumbs to be like, actually, I think this nets out positive. I disagree. I don't think that's the end of his message. Kale, mm. can you bring up because we're kind of talking around the sure. actual text of the book? Is there a particular story or issue where you felt like that uh, in this? Uh, I mean, a lot of the war ones. Sure. Um, the one, jeez. Um, There was the uh, the the one. Is it? It was the the tree people. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The first one, they yeah. go they go to fight the tree people, and it's just blatantly, I don't know, Vietnam or something. I guess. Uh, because it ends and Fred's like, "Oh yeah, we invaded them because they, you know, who brings a chill? Who brings children to war?" Mm. They just go about their lives, <laughs> like, and, and you know, you do. I guess that—that's the issue that—that's kind of been uh, memed, um, where yeah, the, the panel yeah. of uh, of Barney and, and and Fred talking at a, at a, I think it was Starbricks in this, yeah, um, where uh, uh, Fred says Barney, we committed, we 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 participated in a genocide, you know, like. It's one of those like out of context panel situations, but uh, no, that's that that's the context of it. They do, yeah. Um, they they are tricked um, into enlisting and finding uh, uh, worth in themselves through war uh, with Barney, and then being tricked into war through fear for Fred. So there's these weird yeah. ways of bringing it into it, um, and like. That's like a third of an issue. And like those are the heady topics that are brought up in this. But at the same time, there's also a training montage of them, you know, getting beat up by gorillas. Like it's <laughs> it's this weird, like heavy, heavy themes portrayed in the goofiest ways, um, which th that is probably the bleakest of the issues. I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I I would argue the bleakest of the issues is the death of vacuum cleaner. Death. Yeah, I'd rather that was not brutal. Talk about that. Yeah. And, and that was brutal. The what ends up happening, like to bowling ball, <laughs> and <laughs> the, it just, it's just the stupidest thing. Oh, the vacuum cleaner and the bowling ball. But like, uh, there's such a connection to that. And for for me, I bring up that being as like one of the lowest points, but it's also one of the highest points for me because at the end, he's bowling ball is like flipping the fuck out. Like he's ready to to go up and just like revolt and kill people and and he's angry and confused and just feeling all these things because his best friend died and then by happenstance comes across the shop back who is younger impressionable but he sees the potential to form this relationship again to, for him to care and for him to move past the hurt and i'm like fuck like there, there's a lot in that yeah right like, like <laughs> how can i how can I say that the, the book is presented as bleak if at the end, even through death and even through this incredible hurt that this uh, 
Armadillo went through. I'm not going to call him Bully Ball. Armadillo went through that he still has the capacity for care. Um, that was beautiful to me. I, 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 I took that as the lowest to the highest point. And, and that's also in the B plot of the whole series of the, the appliances kind of rising up in a way. Um, realizing, you know, like, oh, they're essentially slaves. Um, they call uh, uh, Dino because it, it, it always was funny in the, in the show that Dino was another animal, but he was the pet. Uh, I mean, all the other ones were. And he calls him like Uncle Dino, which I think is yeah. like a bit <laughs> yeah. of a, uh, a, a nod there. Um, but uh, and then, like he's like essentially essentially they're calling him like a race trader. So like there's there's that going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then them kind of uh, regaining their worth. But like they're also a, 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 a crane with a, a candle attached to his neck. Who's a who's the uh, the the lamp in the in the house? You know, it's just this weird stuff. And like that's something the 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 show never really tackled. I mean, yeah, there's the whole look at the camera. It's a living. You know, like there's plenty of that. But like actually getting character development out of the appliances was a nice a nice nod. Yeah, I actually was probably made saddest by the appliance stuff. Mm. Um, I never, I never got as far as I didn't, I didn't get as far as you yeah, guys. But even right what's there. in volume one, <laughs> I don't care. Um, even what's in volume one, it's like, damn. But these animals just like they are what they are in terms of you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a dog or you know, whatever you are. But they have a function, and they're defined by their function. Mm. The same way that an object would be defined by its function. But objects aren't alive. So that made me sad. That they are that these animals have feelings, they have emotions. I love animals. I really do. And they're treated this way. And it's 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 banal. It's not even they're not even malicious people. The Flintstones are nice people. They're not even thinking about all that. It's not on their radar at all that this animal's stuck in a closet all day, all week until it's used. And that's it. And that's yeah. the life that it gets to have. And the one thing it hangs on to is its friend that is just a bowling ball to the people. You know, like that's that hit me hard. And then. Like then, there's also like, oh, this, uh, you know, Fred goes to return the uh, the uh, garbage disposal, which is this giant lizard, um, and you're like, well, we can only give you meat for it, um, which they oh. just killed the lizard and yep. gave it right back to him and charged him for it. So like, playing on, you know, like economics there, but also the whole story of the appliances is mirrored with Fred and how he's treated at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Mr. Slade, who I think is great in this, there's that one uh, hot tub uh, scene where uh, he's wearing like a, a speedo, but it's like an aardvark. <laughs> yeah. Which, oh, that's worst, right. Worst way to end up, you know. Um, but there, there's there, there's that bit there, you know that you know Slade treats him horribly. He tries to get you know um, less skilled workers that he can pay in half. You know, there's. And then Fred kind of has to be the one to 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 bring them into that situation. So um, there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, um, did you guys get to the uh, economics guy at all? 
I mean, I guess Sean, I mean, you guys did, but Sean, did you get to the economics guy at all? I'm the not Carl sure what Sagan? issue that is. I don't recall no. any economics. Okay, probably guy. not. Um, oh, 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 at the. He was, he was later on, yeah. Yeah, like the, at the university or whatever. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that guy was hilarious. <laughs> like, and, but, like, what I find funny is, like, um, calling rent a scam. Like, that's funny to me because it's true. Um, but, or, or the, what was it? There was, a, there was a moment where it's like, oh, yeah, we had to, like, tell them what the concept of owning land was. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and this, this book's, like, really, really, like, you're right, Marco. Like, it can do hilarious stuff like that. There, let, me, let me bring up a, actually, I took a picture of it um, because of how much it broke my neck at the time. So I, I was, uh, I was, I was texting my friend like, oh man, this book is so good. Just ten- texting them, uh, pictures of it. Like, uh, Adam and Steve at, mm. I believe it is, there's a bar called Homo Erectus that yeah. two gay guys are at. So like, that's the kind of jokes wow. you're getting in this. Um, but, uh, Adam and Steve, it's like, oh, this good, you know, uh, man, man couple, like marriage doesn't exist. So like couples don't really exist, but. Um, they're well liked, but they're joking about marriage. You know, you got they go to marriage counseling, um, and it's this kumbaya resort where the guy just wants people to zip line and, you know, act out and dumb shit. Um, and, you know, you got the young couple there that's like new to all this. You got the old couple who hate each other, and they're just playing off little tropes like that. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, Fred in this dark panel just goes, uh, marriage is like insurance. You only enter into a lifetime commitment because you're afraid of the future. And like he goes into a thing. I'm like, yo, what? We were just being funny a panel ago. And then the next panel, it's it's like, uh, okay, Fred. And then they just move on. And I like the the that kind of kinetic energy to the book. Um, I was going to ask if that ever felt to anybody like it would like it felt like it would cut off the thought or if, if it ever felt like it would, uh, I just had the word. Um, it, 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 would, it would just like stop the momentum of the, of that moment and that thought and like the, 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 the process to getting to whatever Fred was talking about in that moment or like the um, pacing of it, not the pacing of it, but like the message itself, you ever felt like it, it um, it just got in the way the, the those quick movements away from whatever they were talking about, like in that marriage example. Undercut. So, that's the word I was thinking of. Does it ever undercut? undercut? So in the uh, early on, in I think it was the first issue is where I noticed it when. Um, oh, I think it was. Oh, it was right around when the the first guy dies because Mister Slate uh, wants him to go kill a mammoth or something. Hmm. He he makes this really. Someone makes a really poignant point. And I like I felt the urge to like sit with it, but then the next panel is a joke. Mm. And the thing is, like the thing that really bugged me about this is like the the gutters are so thin oh. that it's it you know the uh, you know in in the way comics work it just goes to the next thing. It just, do, it doesn't let you sit with it. Huh. It doesn't even let you sit with it in terms of like in, in the cartoon, you'd have a laugh track, you know, you'd have yeah, yeah. something to, to cue you with the pace on it. Um, but uh, the cartoon is something wildly different from this. Like, yeah. 
yeah, I, I enjoyed that cartoon. I like that the book, um, the book takes itself seriously, but then it doesn't at the same time. Um, I thought that that was kind of like helpful to prevent from getting too caught up in what it was about. Um, cause it's a, it, you know, I agree with what Kale was saying. It feels like a very, you know, borderline nihilistic book. Like it just, mm. it just feels very much like, Hey, none of this is going anywhere good because they're dealing with stuff that we're still dealing with. Yeah. So in your mind, you're obviously always going to go, well, shoot, let me think about how that tracks to now. It's like, wow. In some of, in some cases it's worse now. Um, that sucks, <laughs> you know? But for me, I just I just found spaces to laugh, and I, um, I, I I thought those moments where someone would say something really deep, and then immediately that would be undercut. I thought that was funny. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like no one really cares. No one is. No one in this book is thinking that much. And then when they are, everybody else is like, "Yeah, I don't want to think about that." <laughs> but also at and- the same time, they're cavemen, so like in my head, it makes sense. It's like, oh. They're not going to go that far with their thought. Like, they're not there yet in a way. Oh, sure. Okay. I almost don't even want to apply that because they are having deep thoughts also. Like, characters are expressing really deep stuff. It's just like life. Like, not everybody thinks that deeply about stuff. Most people don't. Most people are just doing whatever they're doing. And that's it. And when you bring up something that's, like, way too heavy for for the moment right now, people don't want to deal with that. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that worked. The, um, it being (laughs) written at the, uh, during the, like, right when the 2016 election happened, uh, I think the nihilistic part is definitely in here. Um, it's definitely bleeding onto the page in this. Um, I'm probably a nihilist, so that's probably why I I liked it. (laughs) Um, Marco saw the Christmas card I made this year, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's just but, that's just who I am. But, uh, but I, yeah, but, I, I like the frenetic energy of it too. Um, did either of you have any like? Yeah, we talked about maybe what the bleakest story was. Um, but did you, did you guys have any that uh, that you liked a lot as well out of these? The Great yeah. Kazoo. Really, I, that's I like my seeing... least favorite part of this. I I thought it was interesting the way that they made it into like this gambling society ow this gambling society um and it's like it happened multiple times is your your cat's biting you right uh no uh, he's like making biscuits oh, on it but like goes a little too deep on one of those sure sure it's just for the audio listeners you're saying ow yeah. in the middle so sorry i just wanted to paint a and, picture and the it, it was about them betting odds on the survivability based on where they currently stand as a society, like quote unquote society and society. Uh, and what ends up happening is he saves the, uh, the great kazoo saves earth by just having them scan uh, Dino. Cause he's just this fun loving, happy animal. And that is a product of, the happy environment that the Flintstones home has given it. It has access to food. It's being taken care of. Like, um, that was my favorite interpretation because the great kazoo was mostly just like to protect him from random ass shit that happened. Right. Or he, he's a troublemaker would come in, do whatever the fuck and then leave. And 
but this was much more straight edge became like a bit more focused on preservation kind of like star trek which i enjoyed mm-hmm. and like the prime directive and all that and that coupled with the way he inter- ends up interfering i thought was just clever because it's technically an, a creature of earth but it's a workaround to save humans um I, I thought all that that entire issue was probably my favorite story my favorite like way to re uh i guess revise some of the old cartoon characters and that was one drawn by rick leonardi i believe right i think it's the only one i think it's the only guest one i'm trying to pull only, it up right uh, now. yeah not fill in artist but yeah I feel rick like that's negative, leonardi but, yeah. yeah leonardi um same inks and stuff i think uh from what i read i think my favorite was the the one where like the world's about to end they think the asteroid's gonna hit yeah um because well that and the war stuff that that i really like but um actually shoot and the the, <laughs> the war stuff they're all that buying I really crap like. <laughs> dude I, I mean i've said this before i'm i nothing gets me more than a war story like that's why i love junkyard joe so much but anyway um uh, you know, all the people, it's basically asking the question of, are humans really civilized in the sense that we love and respect each other enough not to destroy each other if we stop agreeing to the unspoken laws and some spoken laws of coexistence? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I agree with the outcome. I agree that people are not actually that civilized or that peaceful or that loving um and that we kind of just barely hold it together like if you really if you really think about it like how held together is this whole thing i feel like it's held together by some strings and some 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 promises and money um (laughs) and when that all falls away people just start killing each other you know and how is this different from the purge where violence is legalized I thought that that was a really smart story. Obviously, again, it's very sad to think that that's all humans are. Um, but this is Mark Russell's perspective. And I think that's one of the things I like so much about it. It's like, yeah, these are the Flintstones, but we don't know the Flintstones' perspective on these things, right? Sure. The shows are not about this. So this is Mark Russell using these characters to sort of just talk about what he thinks about the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't always or not often do i get to read comics that are so thinly veiled like that like most of the time there's this great big story that you get swept up in and this is not that for better or worse right like maybe kel would have enjoyed it more had these been more than paper thin characters um or characters that weren't the flintstones that he could have invested in uh for me i kind of like mark russell's point of view um and so i was here for that i think that's the biggest difference Uh, Kale, there was also a Jetsons comic at the time, too. That might be more your speed. I've heard nothing about that. So <laughs> I Pal- can't Pal- imagine Pal- it's any it. good. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Wait, was it really? Yeah, it was a Palmiotti yeah. one, yeah. Oh, then, yeah. Uh, it was more a traditional sci-fi thing. It wasn't It wasn't a, a, a true uh, 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 mirror to our real world that this book was. Sure. Um, Kale, was there one that you, that you, that you did, like, were like, oh, actually, this is... Or were you just trying to figure out uh, how much you didn't? How much longer I had to go? I I liked <laughs> I liked the 
I guess the you know the the bowling ball vacuum cleaner friendship. Sure. Um, Kayla, am I the uh, bowling ball or are you the vacuum cleaner? I think you're the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, because you're young and naive and <laughs> stuck in the closet. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, a lot, uh, a lot of what uh, Sean said really uh, speaks to me. Just the uh, oh, 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 no, actually, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, uh, Wilma's story. Yes. Mm. Mm, yeah, that was probably the most characterization Wilma's ever gotten ever, <laughs> um, and it was really, you know, it was <clears throat> it was short, but it was it was uh, 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 an uh, interesting look at like generational you, trauma, I guess. You're talking about the point that her mom won, not the Werner Herzog one. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so Wilma is throughout the book. She's like this uh, cave painting, uh, handprint artist, and she's trying to make it as like a fine artist with her with her art. And uh, she she goes home, and we we find out that she was uh, betrothed, I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah. a, a man was gonna uh, paid her family to to be wed to her, and so she ran away. And Wilma was always really um, upset that no one came for her or tried to stop her or you know anything like that. And her her mom says, uh, "Well, how could I? You know, I I knew that." The money had been paid, and if I did, you would still end up with him. So, I knew you had to go. That's deep, and and I, I yeah, I found that really, really touching. And, and then there was also like the whole play on on just women in general at that point, because she she calls yeah. herself uh, uh, um, livestock at that point. You mm-hmm. know, she she didn't want the same uh, future for Wilma that she had as as her present. Um, but then there's that nice little little joke where like we see that there was a tombstone of her husband, um, mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the issue it pans out. And I guess that's multiple husbands or just men in general just don't live as long as women. <laughs> um, and I no, was it was like it was, uh, it was the husband, and then the his tombstone said will be survived by his son. Grok and Throg or something, and Grok and Throg were in the next two graves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right yeah, next okay. to him, yeah. Cool. yeah. Damn. But yeah, uh, you get full-on Wilma backstory in this. Like This is yeah. this is another good thing that I liked about it. Um, not as deep, but I did enjoy the um, the whole mall. Um, it was like half an issue where, where they were kind of just shopping at a mall. Um, it, it, so uh, Barney gets this TV and like that's something that the, did the Flintstones have TVs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, um, but they're just watching the news and you know Fred's just like, how the hell does this thing even work? He's like freaked out. Um, but they're like, oh yeah, there's this new thing called crap and everyone wants it. Uh, <laughs> so um, good. so they go to the mall and they literally just go on a shopping spree for just crap. Um, there's let me see if I can find the page, but uh, Fred gets convinced into buying a a lawnmower. 
Um, and then he says something along the lines of like, "What's lawn mowing?" Like, yeah, <laughs> it was it was or, or weeds. What's, what's weeds? Yeah, what are weeds? And I'm like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that's a good point. That's something that is just natural that we've just decided doesn't need to exist anymore." Um, so I thought that was a good like it's he just had to buy something that he didn't even need. Um, it's a whole idea of like money and all that people are. And I'm about to get bleak for a second. Um, are uh, you spend your days just getting money to buy stuff you don't need? Um, it's done a little more nuanced than that, but I think if we were Not by much, if we were honest with with ourselves, we'd all agree that we kind of feel like that. Yeah, I bought a like I like I wish none of this. I mean, it is all crap. Like, who needs it? You know. Um, and then the craziest part about it is the way that it's presented, where the guy who teaches him is trying to teach him how to sell vitamins is like, look, you got to tie it into something. You know, um, and I I'm fascinated by the ad industry and how that all works. Um, and so that's totally correct. You know, people are motivated by fear. They're motivated by the lack of having something. Um, they're motivated by seeing other people happy with something. It makes you think you might be happy. You know, life sucks. And so you fill it with stuff. Crap. And yeah, that hit me hard. And then, like, that's also, like, a play on, like, it's, like, herbal life. It's just <laughs> it's just a multi-level marketing scheme at the same time. Um, and those had some of my favorite puns on all, like, the fashion brands. Like, the Louis Vuitton, the the Gauchis, and, like, the, Gucci's went to Gauchis and a few other had, different um, things. They had Fossil, which was just Fossil still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were some of my favorites. I like when, like, they obviously don't do it because it's already a, a, a Stone Age pun. Um this book talks about God a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's probably one of the other recurring themes in it. It's the the reverend in the church. Um, the church is almost like the 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 neighbor to Bob's Burgers that it changes every <laughs> every issue. It seems like, um, you know, it's it's originally this church for Morp, and everyone you know worships Morp, um, and then people see Morp, and it's just a crane with you know that's a record player, and they're like, oh, we now we know who Morp is. But we're not into Morp anymore. Um, so they, the, the reverend kind of comes up with a ploy to like, oh, the God's going to be invisible now. That's who we're going to worship because they can never see it and they can never be disappointed. Um, so there's a little play on that and they play with the whole idea of sin as well. That's in the, uh, the end of the world issue, I believe. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, the reverend says, Hey, I can absolve your sins for money, which is exactly where the idea of sin came from in the church. Uh, you know, it was uh, a way of the church getting money. Um, so I thought that was a kind of a fun way. Um, how did you guys feel about the the whole, I guess the C plot would have been the religion throughout the whole, the whole book. Uh, I mean, I'm, I like when books challenge those kinds of things. And yeah. in the same way that this challenged marriage and was obviously a, um, a play on our uh, people's criticisms with gay marriage and their fears about it. And in, the, in that same breath, this is, uh, he does the same for religion. Um, Cause then they're like, there's like another subsect that comes out and breaks out from them that follow that follows this giant, it was like an octopus or something. And for me, it, it makes it poignant because it plays into the absurdity of the Flintstones. And for me, 
the the concept of religion being an absurdity yeah. of like this is it's a fiction to some degree and it you know people have it for and again like like my opinions on it um feel bolstered by this um because i think he's coming at it from the same way like yeah this shit's all made up you know and somebody had somebody at some point had the right idea and in the same way that they told you oh we got to get rid of weeds someone's like oh actually there's somebody like looking out for you and in order to uh be on his good side you got to come to church and you gotta you know do your prayers and all this shit um so i absolutely love that he uh he included that i would have liked to have seen an opposing argument for it because although i think in the when the world ends at some point he he's like oh yeah at some point people just need something to believe in and um for anybody who listened to the palling around episode that we sort of touched on with some of these things like that's kind of my opinion on religion is people people can need it um on the cryptids episode like people can need it and it's functional um but you can still have your critique and i think he did both in a really in a really good way um i love that stuff um uh, I, I thought it was all right i i i'm not as interested anymore in storytelling anyways in the uh absolute like an, uh the absolute rejection of the concept of God and the ridicule of believers of God and God as a concept, not because I believe in God, but because I just don't think that that's interesting uh, mm-hmm. from a storytelling standpoint. It's kind of easy. It's cheap. Just taking shots at people who believe in something. Um, I also don't feel like he had a I don't think he had like a, a compelling point to make. Like we already get that. And I feel like if there's not going to be a counter argument, you're just you're kind of just shitting on people. Sure. Like there are a lot of people who are coming to this with belief. They're not bad people. Why do that? If for me that felt really heavy. Um, whereas a lot of the other stuff is more general and is not based in personal feelings. Like uh, the the whole everything we buy into about all the stuff we buy, that's all bullshit. We all know that. We still do it anyway, and you can do it, and that's fine. People really believe in God. So I just didn't feel like that. I feel like it was a little bit too harsh. I felt like it was more of a uh, a critique on organized religion as an organization and as a as a foundation. Um, but it, uh, but as as you say it, it also gives off a little bit of like the that kid you went to and uh, you went to high school with who was like who would tell everyone he was an atheist and like would just try and yeah. like yeah like the know it all kind of kind of guy, which maybe the point as well. I would have appreciated it more, Tyler, if it was what you're saying, where it's like, hey, there is there might be something who knows, but what they're trying to set up is BS. But to me, the book and again, I didn't read the whole thing. It felt like an absolute condemnation of that idea totally that's what i got out of it Mm -hmm. there's more to it that you didn't get to but all right you're not far enough yeah not not by much i think like the thing about the religion aspect of it is that it i think it i think you're right it's a critique on the organized religion of it all but there's nothing 
there's no feeling of you know anything godly or you know higher powery other than like i don't know i juxtapose it with like you know the end of the world thing where science saves the day and it's it happens to be that moths are on the guy's calculator you know like to me that felt more high you know i i higher powery than anything the religion stuff said you know wait sorry did i i I think can you restate that i don't i'm not sure i got where you were putting down right there as it relates to the moths see if i can like uh just for that point so like just that the you know uh, the well i guess that's the i the the broader point i'm making is that you know the in that issue it felt like science saved the day uh-huh um because the moths were just having sex on his calculator or whatever um whereas in the rest of the book you know when religion is approached there's nothing. Mm. I see. I took the 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 end of the world thing with the moths to be poking fun at the fact that human beings think that they can predict yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff and that they went to they, they said, All right, let's go to hell and it, he, yeah. he was just wrong. Mm. Yeah. I also thought it was like an equal opportunity, like everyone can get it. Let's make fun of science here. Or let's make fun of the people who are like like, oh I only believe in what I can you know, quantify in front of me. Um, but but I thought that, that that was funny and lighthearted. Like, oh, uh, sure, sure. science guy was just wrong. Yeah, yeah. Carl Sagan, an actual Carl Sagan in this book. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, so we're we're approaching this. Um, one one thing that uh, there there was one, and if you guys have any particular uh, jokes in this that get you, but there's one where um, uh, they open up a new movie theater. Um, and, and, you know, Barney's like, hey, Fred, you want to go to this theater? Uh, uh, he's like, all right, well, what is it? It's like, women bear all. You know, Fred's like, oh, no, I can't. I'm a married man. And they go and you see the 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 movie is called uh, Shale Magnolias. And it's really just women talking about their emotions. <laughs> um, That's funny. Which I thought was a really, really funny bit. Um, but I love a good bit. So We know that. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't, I can't think of any particular jokes or bits that really like stick out to me. Um, there were definitely some funny bits, but I think coming away from this, I'm not going to remember the jokes. I'm going to remember the themes and that stuff, but that, that might just be how my mind works. What I retain. No, I, I think you will remember the themes less so than any of like the materials in between because there are moments here that happen that i'm like oh i don't remember the actual steps to getting Mm -hmm. to the larger point and um so that felt refreshing because i was coming back to i'm like oh that's right this is how they got to whatever thought they were trying to get or they're trying to um get across uh so i i did i like half of this book i'm like was felt brand new for me for me on the reread um the jokes are what felt brand new to me because the theme stuck mm. with me. 
I remember like, oh, I remember there was that issue about marriage. I remember there was that issue about war. Or I remember the, the, you know, the, the worker uprising uh, at Mr. Slade's and at, uh, you know, with the appliances. But uh, I don't remember Tar Pit, you know, so like rereading it, I was like, oh, all right. It's like a little 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 bits of candy in here uh, as well. The beef that I that I thought was funny. Oh, punch the, you in the beef. The kid who wanted oh, to punch yeah. everybody in the beef. That was good. <laughs> I started using that phrase after reading this because I've never heard of anyone wanting to punch you in the beef. I I actually it's it's so weird that you say that because I was thinking you know I bet Tyler would say this and I wonder if he's gonna say it during the show as a joke like if he's gonna <laughs> use that as a joke it, it in a in a multiverse I did uh, just not in this episode yeah crossed his mind um, but any, any final thoughts here guys uh, for this book well one one thing i wanted to point out uh was just how i thought uh, how great i thought the art was um i really really loved the art here um you know again big fan of the flintstones seeing them in comic book form was a blast for me um i felt like you know yeah it looks like fred but it's not quite exact like it's not a perfect replication and i'm happy with that like i like steve Pugh's version of them that's different from the television show version. Uh, so I thought his art style, though, really felt appropriate. It's sort of fun and lighthearted in, in art, but it, there's a little bit of, I don't know, like maybe it has to do with the colors too, but it's like a little bit, there's like a tinge of dark. Like it's not, it's not like bright and cartoony like you think of when you think of the Flintstones. Um, so I, I, I appreciated that. And it's, very straightforward paneling yeah very straightforward and i love that i some people want everything to be like you know you know big splashes and different stuff that doesn't fit the flintstones i think this Mm -hmm. fit the characters very well it tells the story you need to tell and it's great to look at i appreciated the art a lot you don't want a jh williams on the flintstones right like that uh, might be a little much yeah, Yeah, yeah that that coupled with the themes, I might have to jump off the George Washington, you know? Really sticks to the uh, foundations of comic books in, in this one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the, the, the... The one the... good thing, too, is I, th- I like how Dino is the antithesis to everything. He's a little cartoonier than all the other dinosaurs. He's, he's yeah. colored purple, so he kind of sticks out uh, like a mm. sore thumb in this. Um, but yeah, I think... I, Sean, I think it's because it's colored somewhat realistically, even though... It's not realistic, you know. Even sure. even the the outfits are are not really realistic. Um, Steve Pugh seems to be having a lot of fun with this too. Um, anytime uh, um, um, Pebbles showed up on on the page, I needed to see what kind of what kind of joke was on her shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was the the Nick Caveman one got me. That was a. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I, I don't know who came up with those. Like I don't know if that's a Steve Pugh thing, just having fun while he draws. I don't know if that's written in the script, um, but there seems to be a lot of fun in this, especially the way the animals are drawn too. Nick Caveman, Nick, Nick Cave, Cave. Is a, and the Bad Seeds. Uh, believe so. It's a so. music artist. The oh. for me the the thing that makes this dark is the inks, less so the colors. The there's a a, a lot of uses of just like heavy, heavy black tones throughout that add. Uh, sometimes like a just a dramatic flair they they add texture to the dinosaurs themselves or the individual characters 
but there are moments where um, I just opened up to a random page and uh, Brutus, the the eagle, pops up. He's picking up the mail um, after he fired, after Mr. Slate fired the turtle. And he's just in these thick shadows of dark inks and it makes it look menacing. Um, I, I found that throughout. You could flip through a page and be lighthearted, but the moment that the inks got really dark the or, or just got heavier in general, the tone shifted. And for me, it was that over some of the 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 colors themselves because they were pretty pretty flat and pretty just grounded mm. uh, I, I didn't like the, i didn't like the art either no oh, damn dude i i didn't like the exaggerated forms i didn't like the i just didn't like it I just, nothing for me played here Damn, I I, I can definitely I can definitely see and agree with everything you said. You know, um, Pew's um, use of the paneling and how that sort of, you know, the standard format evokes the sitcom, you know, of the uh, era of the time, and how the coloring does this and the inks do that. Man, I I just did not like looking at any of it. Yo, this was not your book, dude. Yeah. I thought for sure this was going to be a kale-ass and, book. And hey, this yeah. was 350 pages. This was my afternoon. You got to do a palette cleanser with some Pokemon later. That's later. what I've been doing all day. Kale's <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to bed yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a bummer. It's, sort of. I, I sort of knew that would be my experience. I just... Flintstones, man, just not for me. Fair enough. No, that's fair. I find. But, yeah. Please. I was just going to say, but you would not have enjoyed this if they were called the Clintons and it was completely a random family that was invented for this book, right? Like, be, based on the themes, the same presentation, just not the Flintstones. Yeah, I think, I think you know, what you were saying earlier is if, you know, maybe the, the characters weren't so, like paper thin to get themes across and uh i i think you're probably right mm. i i i don't know how much mark russell i've read i don't think i like his stuff uh this is what sold me on him as a writer to just yeah. always have an eye out for same i've read I, I definitely mark russell did after this yeah i definitely respect what he's trying to do but i don't think it's for me did you read the Superman Space Age when we did that for the show? Yes. I didn't like that. Yes. That you liked, right? No. Oh. No, I don't think I did. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I liked I liked the all red art, but I don't think I liked the uh I I and I was thinking about this before we started, but this and I feel like it was something else. I don't remember what it was, but I remember saying that something felt preachy. Okay. And that could have been the Superman Space Age thing. Because mm. I think that was the first Mark Russell we read for the show. Yeah, you could be right. For the show, possibly, yeah. Have you, and you've not read anything else, Kel? Nothing specific comes to mind. You know, if he's done an issue of something here or there, maybe, but. Could have sworn you read uh, Snagglepuss. That, uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. 
Did you read, um, damn, was that Mark Russell? Now I'm doubting the i think i think this this book sold yeah sold me on anything any other book that he does uh, he's a writer to watch out for he has a voice that is really unique he has a really just good thought process i i like the way he thinks and i like the way he communicates that on the page because it, it permeates it, it it if a book is able to get me to stop reading for a second and just go huh and then go back into it. I'm like, oh, cool. You you did more than your job. Your job was to entertain me, but now you've provided an insight. So one, thank you. And then uh, two, cool. Now I have to sit with this existential dread, right? Um, but it's he's a fun writer. He does a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. that uh, not all robots. Again, somewhat poignant, but goofy. Uh, Dead Box is another one that recently came out, which is all about like renting movies and shit. And that's not this. That is very much more him just kind of having fun, doesn't have a message or something to get across. He's just being, uh, telling a, a fun and sort of anthology narrative. And um, he's a good writer. He's capable. Kale, was it One Star Squadron? Is that the one with Red Tornado? Yeah. I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, that's. I had to read that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, could have read. Um, he also did a Wonder Twins book as well, which I recommend. That's that's a fun one. It also could have been that. Uh, did you read that? Because <laughs> I think I was excited about that when that came out. Gotcha. Okay. Final thoughts. I thought this was really good. I will say, um, whether or not I always agreed with the conclusions that Mark Russell presents, I enjoyed reading his thoughts uh, as told by these characters. I think it's smart. I think it's uh, interesting. It's funny at times. Um, it left me thinking. I don't know. Like, I thought this was all that there was, and I was pretty pleased with that. Like, I don't know that I necessarily need more of this, um, but I'm happy with the bite size that I got. I could definitely see having been fatigued if I read whatever that ended up being, 13 issues or however that shook out. I could see being fatigued at that point. So, a high marks on this one. I think it's really good. I think you'll like it if you're a if you're a person who wants to, you know, think about things a little deeply, who might be maybe sort of cynical, nihilistic. If they, if you fall into that category, I think there's a lot here for you. Um and if nothing else, you know, it's kind of funny. Art's good. So, yeah. I wouldn't say this is an automatic for fans of the Flintstones though. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're there, and the story's told through yeah. them. But you know, that's about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, final thoughts. Uh, one of my favorites. Um. I pretty much recommend this to um. Not everyone. This is like 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 Kale's displaying here. It's not an everyone book. Um. But uh. Certain people who are uh, you know maybe have certain viewpoints uh, that share certain viewpoints that I do. Um, might like this book, uh, but I definitely think it's at least got some memeable panels. Uh, like even if you don't like the book, the, you know that that no uh, no context comic books uh, definitely has a has a, a field day with this book. Um, they um, this team actually reunited um, with different colors, but CPU and Mark Russell did uh, Superman versus Imperious Lex, the Future State thing they were doing. Oh, oh um, wow. that was real real interesting. It's a, it's just essentially a Lex Luthor book. Um, even though it's it says Superman on the title, um, 
that I had a lot of a lot of fun with as well. So I just wanted to throw out that uh, recommendation that if you did like this, check that out. I don't know how that's <laughs> that is collected. Uh, if it is, uh, you probably get it digitally. You definitely can, but I don't know how that would be collected uh, because that future state thing was a bit of a mess. Uh, but yeah, I recommend that. Uh, but thanks, patrons, for picking this. Uh, Mark, you said you, you said you're you're bit, right? What? Did you did you say I I, I wasn't sure if uh, yeah yeah this is like, you, this exactly. is a writer I'm gonna yep. keep following stuff um but I was gonna say you, you you didn't mention the other reason that you like oh. this book no nobody's nobody has any shoes Marco I do have a funny story about that actually um, of course you do as as uh-huh. a kid um, one of my first birthday parties um, Fred Flintstone was at my birthday party um, the Fred Flintstone no it was my dad well like. My parents would always tell me like, "Oh no, that was that was Fred Flintstone. That that wasn't you know your dad was just working that day." And I'm like, "No, I'm not that dumb." Uh, they still keep the bit up, but like, I don't even think I was a Flintstones fan at the time. So I always wondered why they picked Fred Flintstone for that. I don't know if they were a Flintstones fan. It was like my first or second birthday, which first and second birthdays that's a party for the parents. Let's be honest. So it was probably their thing. Um, I might have Flintstones in my I, veins, but yeah, I, I was uh, I was Barney in a great big choir thing you were in a costume yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that tracks i mean it was the brown tunic or whatever <laughs> a costume I just... oh oh my Bar- god Barney from flintstones got it got it got it oh there i was. thought you were... i thought you were talking about the dinosaur like at a kid's birthday party you dressed up as barney the dinosaur i would have loved to see that we're talking about the flintstones i wish i can count i know i know Sean, you went where I went, right? Yeah. All right, it's not just me. At least there's that. Yeah. I I just want to imagine you in a giant mascot costume because that's funny to me. That's why I was laughing, man. I was picturing that. <laughs> I've sent y'all. I've sent y'all that picture of me as a T Rex. That was only a couple of months ago. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember yeah, that picture. Yeah. Yeah, All right, I'll put it in the Discord. At two thousand sure. subs, uh, backflip, like backflip in the dinosaur costume. No, that's his out. He could put someone else in there. It's a trick. Don't. don't <laughs> I have to do it off a diving board or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, patrons, for picking this one. Um, curious to see what you'll pick for uh, whatever the book for the new year would be. Right, this is December's book, right? So yeah, this is the last book of 2022. So we'll see what you pick for uh, 2023. Um, uh, and if you also wanted to vote on that. Just check us out on patreon.com slash the comic spouse where if you sign up for a specific tier you can uh vote have your vote heard much like uh, uh what's what's the guy who got voted as mayor in this what was his name claude the destroyer the destroyer yeah. be the be the claude the destroyer of our reading list or, or, or to read pile you calling our listeners clods that's not a negative I'm tired of the Flintstones. All right, let's go home. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see you. Okay, I'm queuing you up. It's your bit. Next rock. Next rock. (laughs) All right, okay. Take care, guys. Next era. Next era.